0: Welcome there partners. How you doing? It's me, the No Swear Gamer from YouTube, your source for new reviews of old games and the host of the Atari 7800 game by game podcast, the greatest 7800 podcast in the universe. Why don't you take a load off and get ready for some wild gun action right here
1: on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System podcast. Yeehaw! Take it away! Power, superpower. You're the king, I you. tell you, are you, king. Only for small NES. Only for small yes. You're listening to the SNES podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. The Super NES Podcast. This is episode nine. We're going to be talking about the obscure um, uh, gallery shooting game, uh, Wild Guns, uh, like in this podcast. Uh, this is your regular host, Greg, uh, going solo now for like the time being. But we do have a number of guest hosts lined up to appear in the podcast in the co- podcast in the coming weeks. Uh, Chad and I already had put things in motion with a number of people to appear on the podcast uh, to, 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 to talk about some of their favorite games because we want to make this as um, as interactive and a, um, an experience out there with as many people out there as possible. So um, I am very pleased today to introduce our first guest host, uh, somebody who we've had lined up to come on the podcast like for a while. Uh, a while. Uh, one of the hosts of the uh, popular, uh, popular um, also uh, NES uh well like nintendo themed i suppose i uh, say uh two dudes two dudes and a Nessa podcast uh michael calcio hello uh that's me <laughs> so how's it going today michael it's
0: pretty good pretty good been doing some housework
1: yeah you, I know.
0: You, you, you're giving me a nice little break here
1: <laughs> yeah as long as the wife okays it right that's right <laughs> uh um uh, well yeah uh, hey uh, it's definitely great to have you on here uh michael has been a very active supporter of the podcast like it's a podcast like it's very beginnings uh he does great work on facebook uh, like the virtual junkies uh, network uh if you're not on there you definitely should check it out uh it's very supportive like for a number of, like a number of podcasts out there it's a great way to be able to interact and be able to uh submit questions and talk to people and that kind of stuff so um michael you but like you are definitely doing some great work on there, like, the Richard Junkies uh, network, so please give up all the gr- all great work. Oh, thank you,
0: yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of all behind the scenes stuff, or at mm. least I hope it is.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you know, and it's, like, it's very great to have you on here to talk, you know, talk about, you know, talk about, you know, like one of your favorite games. You know, because us... Yeah, because like us, like you know, like Nintendo dudes have to like you know stick together here on this kind of stuff. so. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like my show being two dudes in a mess about the original Nintendo. I feel like we're kind of like your older brother, we're trying <laughs> to help you along a little bit here.
1: Uh, I, like you know, I actually gave some serious thought to using like you know two dudes in Super NES, like as a get the podcast title, uh, but then I'm like, nah, that's too close.
0: <laughs> two, two dudes in a snis
1: Yeah, but, something like that. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah. So I know you're younger than I am. Um, so did you have a Super NES? Uh, like it was brand new as a young kid, or picking up later on, or how did you get exposed to it? Uh,
0: well, I actually I had a Nintendo growing up, mm-hmm. the original Nintendo, and then I actually got a Sega Genesis oh, when it came when it came out.
1: Bad, bad, bad. I, I actually, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I actually got a Sega Genesis, and it wasn't until much later, probably late '90s, before I got a Super Nintendo.
1: Hmm, really. So mm-hmm. um, so what made you find anxiety, like finally decide to check this system out?
0: I don't know. I just uh I all my friends always had a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and I had, I felt like I had exhausted my Genesis library mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready to plop down a bunch of coins on a PlayStation or anything like that, so I decided to pick up a Super Nintendo. Oh. Actually I think I traded. I traded traded my 32X for Super Nintendo or something like that.
1: Yeah, I've had one of those before before in the past, trust me. You definitely got the better in the deal there. (laughs) Uh, um, So, okay, yeah, sounds great. So what are some of your other um, uh, favorite games in the system, like besides the one we're talking about today?
0: Uh, Well, besides this one, I really like uh, like the Mario games, Mm -hmm, Mario World. And, uh, I like super punch out that's probably one of my favorites yep and i don't know I, I never really got into the rpgs when i was younger i'm trying to kind of dabble mm. in some of the super nintendo rpgs now mm. being older but i never really got into them when i was younger i did really like soul blazer though. that was probably in my top <laughs> top five okay my top five then in no order <laughs> real quick in no order but super metroid super punch out super mario world wild guns and soul blazer were probably my top five
1: that's a very good list there i think a lot of people are going to agree with you at least definitely like in those like first three so um and yeah soul blazer is a game i really liked also i, I, I the, like also uh that's why that's why chad and i chose that chose that to use for our very first episode on the podcast so yeah. um but yeah uh wild guns definitely a more like a more obscure game how'd you manage to find this one
0: I, it was actually at a my local rental store. Pick a flick had hmm. this game for rental. Okay. I just I started playing it and I rented. it. Uh, there's no telling how many times I rented it. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. I don't know if you're going to get into the cost of this game stuff. You may get into it later. But oh yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, at, at, at some point, that rental store started selling off its Super Nintendo games, and I kick myself every day for not getting this game because not only uh, did I love it as a kid, but it's also kind of skyrocketed in price but at Mm. the time i mean i could have bought it for like five bucks Uh. and not only that but it's also one of my favorite games i I have no idea what was going through my head back then and why i didn't buy it but yeah so i I missed that boat a long time ago
1: yeah we've all made stupid mistakes as far as like games go so uh (laughs) but yeah uh yeah this game is definitely like it's definitely rare i mean like this is uh uh one of the things i do for this podcast is talk about current ebay pricing and this is a game that actually people are getting a high price for so uh we will definitely cover that later on so uh so so unfortunately you don't have a physical copy like right now then do you
0: no i don't know i have the virtual console Mm. wii u version is what i have to play
1: yeah, this is a game I think that a lot of people out there are not going to have are not going to have physical physical exposure to. So I definitely encourage people to check it out either virtual console or and I know you hate the word, but I don't <laughs> see anything wrong with using emulation for a rare game like this. Uh, especially check it out because if you want to buy the physical copy, good luck. That's all I can say. Um, right. But okay, but let's get to top... Okay, let's get back to the gameplay discussion itself. A little bit then, uh, Wild Guns was a later game for the flight like, of like Super NES. It came out in Japan in August of '94, and got its North American release in July of '95, and followed by Europe uh, by like October of '96. Um, this game is published by a small company by a small company known as Natsumi. Uh, which is a name you may not recognize. Uh, however, h- however, they are very well known for one famous franchise that also got a start on the Super NES. Uh, Michael, would you have to know what f- f- like that franchise is? I'm guessing
0: it's Harvest Moon.
1: Give that man a goat star. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Harvest Moon series is great. Yeah, uh, I do love the Harvest yeah. Moon series. As well. Yeah, yeah, big fan of all the games of the series. I, series. I definitely want to cover cover the original game of the Super NES uh, at some point. So... Um, yeah, so, uh, I had no idea Natsumi had made any other games for, like, Super NES. One of the things I really love doing in this podcast is talking about these, uh, rare and obscure games I never, that I never heard about back in the day when the system was new. And when Michael mentioned this game to me a few weeks ago, I'm like, I'm like, hmm, Natsumi made another Super NES game. Okay, that's news to me. So, uh, (laughs) checked it out, and they, uh, yeah, um, I guess the best way you can describe this game is kind of called a, um... Uh, like a uh, uh, like shooter, like a shooter on rails a little bit with a, like a Wild West slash steampunk setting. Um, the front of the box actually calls it kind of like a Wild a Wild West Sci-Fi setting, which I guess like works also. So um, the game, yeah, the gameplay reminds me a lot like about another game that I really liked playing a lot as a kid, uh, Cabal, like for the NES. Um, so I'm not really sure if like, you're familiar with that game, also, Michael. But
0: yeah, it, mm-hmm. it is it is very similar. To, you you control you control the target, but all in controlling the target, you also kind of control the character at the same time. It, it's interesting because you move the target around the screen to shoot stuff, but as you move it, you can also move your character and you can do some other moves and stuff. But I really love the setting of this game, and I, I don't know if it's just because I like Wild West, mm-hmm. steampunk, sci-fi type stuff, but I mean. It, it reminds me of what what was that movie with Will Smith Wild Wild West or whatever. Yes, and, yep. uh, that other movie that's got James Bond in it. I can't think of right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but uh, it's robots and aliens and and but yet the Wild West at the same time. I don't know. It's it's the it's the weirdest thing, but I, I love the <laughs> setting and I think it's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's definitely over the top. Uh, this game definitely takes. to... T- so this game def- def- definitely does not take itself seriously. Uh, there's a definite uh, tongue-in-cheek feel to get like playing this game uh, when it feel like going around blowing up these massive, these massive, huge robots or taking out waves like of strange attackers and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, the front of the box also claims this game is designed to look and play like an arcade game, and for once, that's not company. The company smoke. Um, like if I didn't know any better, I'd swear this is a you know, this they port like an arcade game.
0: Yeah, it uh, does feel like an arcade port a little bit.
1: But uh, yeah, the controls take a little bit of getting used to because, like Michael said, like you can't shoot and move at the same time. You can either move or shoot. So, if, like you have to like you know move, so like you have to move your character around, get into position, uh, then move the gun sight, take care of your attackers, move over to the side, dodge attacks, or get in better position or whatnot. It, it it definitely takes a bit to get used to. Uh, I definitely want to encourage anybody trying this game out to try it first in its easy difficulty setting and just give yourself some time and some patience because uh, the because the controls uh take a while to get used to. They're not uh they're not something that we're used to uh, experiencing like a lot of games. So
0: it does it, it feels the thing about the controls, for one I also would like to say that it kind of feels like a little bit like a Star Fox game almost, although mm. you're not you're not moving forward, but it kind of feels like a Star Fox game because you you move your character and the sights at the same time. But the only difference is here you can't shoot and move. Like as soon as you stop, or as soon as you start shooting, your character stops and mm. shoots. Right. Right. But the uh, the controls to me, and I love it when games do this, but they're they're not super simple to pick up right off the bat. You kind of you get an idea of what you're supposed to do, but you're not very good at it, even though you kind of know what you're supposed to do. But the more you play it, the better you get at it, and and you know when you get really good at it, you feel, I don't know, like a boss. I guess is the way the kids talk nowadays. <laughs> you know, you feel like you're you feel like a really you're really talented or something mm. all of a sudden because because you're dodging and you're shooting and you're, I don't know, you're just doing double jumping out of the way of things and I, there's just a tons of different there's tons of variety in what you do, but it's all one basic concept.
1: Right. Yeah, it's a great way to describe it. Uh, one other thing I should mention here, also, like I said, the game also, like, also supports both single and also cooperative, feel cooperative gameplay. Uh, I did not have the chance to play this, to play this with anybody else uh, this week, unfortunately. Uh, but I imagine this game is even more fun playing it, uh, like a friend.
0: Oh yeah, I played it a ton. Like I said, I rented it all the time. Uh, I was probably. See, this game came out in '95. I guess I was probably I was probably in my early teens, maybe like 13 or something. Whenever I rented this game all the time, mm. and I would always have my buddies come over. We we would just we just play the snot out of this game. We just, you know, one person would be the girl, one person would be the guy. Because mm-hmm. yep. there's two characters in this game. There's Annie and there's Clint, right? Right. Clint's I- like a bounty hunter dude, and Annie's she's wearing a dress. But you were about to say something?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I was just gonna say like there's no. So there's no actual difference, difference between the two characters, right? It's, it's just a matter of personal choice.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just the looks. I mean, they don't mm. jump higher or shoot better or anything like that. I, as far as I could tell, they just they just look different. But it, and I think you can be you can both be Clint, but it gets confusing if you're both Clint. So we would always make sure <laughs> one one was Clint and one was Annie and uh I don't know, it's a lot of fun cooperative because you you communicate and you say, well, you take the left half of the screen, I'll take the right half of the screen, Mm -hmm. and then the boss will show up and then you have to team up on the boss. And you save your bombs or your dynamite or whatever Mm. until, until you need it.
1: Right, yep. So let's talk about the actual gameplay structure itself like a little bit uh there are six stages all together like in the game um and the game is also unique in another way you play because uh, you actually have a little bit of choice in the order like the order that you pick your stages uh, you have the first stage to the first stage which is always the same and then after that just like, you go to a screen where you can so we have the option of going to which uh, to one of four stages, and you do eventually have to take all four stages on, but you can pick and choose which ones you guys like want to handle next. Uh, so after, it's like, and then finally, after all four to four stages are done, you finally go to the sixth, you know, the sixth and last stage. Uh, there's also a couple of a um, um, chance stages, bonus stages that you can, said you can also play, um, like every now and then after finishing, uh, finishing certain stages, uh, like in the game. So uh, each stage consists of three areas. Where there's a timer that counts down on each area, and enemies attack you in waves, and uh, waves like as, as, as the timer counts counts down. And once that, once the timer hits zero, that's when the boss the the, the boss area comes out. Uh, you blow up the boss and you go on to the next area. Uh, the third area of the stage, like is always the boss, you know, the boss stage. It's just like you and the boss. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. that one. So um really different gameplay um i really don't think it matters all that much as to far as what order you take the, stage, the stages in um but but i always do like but i always do like games that I, the games that the games that give you at least that illusion of choice and freedom mm-hmm. as far as I, like as far as like we are playing it
0: yeah it doesn't matter which stage which order you go in but if you take some of the if you take the easier routes or at least the routes that you know better first you can kind of i think you can kind of build up your lives because you get higher score and you kind of build your life up for the for the later stages uh that was usually the the approach i would take i would take the easier ones first so that i could build up a backlog of of lives to go on to the later stages you mentioned the bosses though i just want to take just a second and and mention that i thought the bosses were all awesome and varied i
1: -hmm. mean you go from
0: you go from fighting like um like a really small robot guy with some cannon. I'm just going using the first stage as an example. You mm-hmm. fight this tank-like guy. And then the second stage, you actually just fight a man who runs across screens really fast. He's just like a, a normal guy. And then in the final stage, you fight this towering four-story tall robot. Mm-hmm. So all the bosses are... And, and the, I guess there's a, there's a train stage, if I remember correctly. Where yes, yep. parts, Pieces of a train or something. and So it's just really cool
1: yeah the overall look and feel of the game is great uh the, the character design is uh, different and varied uh the graphics are wonderful like uh, f- mean, they're bright detailed colorful um but you know i know it's a lot, of the, I, you know, a lot of, like a, like great small touches like to the game as far as like your character like moving around and the uh, moving around and the, and the patterns that the, the the enemies come in and just um uh, and the bosses just the way you like pick them apart Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, because I really love games like do that. Just like you know, like you know, don't get a boss that you just blow up all at once. Give me a boss that you like, you know, like destroy like in parts, like you know, bit by right. Bit. You're
0: not knock pieces of them all Yeah, right. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you also have weapons that you can pick up as you go through the game. Uh, and unlike many other games, uh, like this Calibur, uh, the weapons are t- the, so the weapons are timed. Uh, you only have the weapons like for like a short period of time. Uh, I've. So like to get the gun, uh, the weapons. The weapons come to you as power-ups uh, when you when you when you defeat certain enemies, and you have and you have X number of bullets. Uh, to, like to be able to shoot. So like to be flying to the weapons. So let's talk about the weapons here, like a little bit. Um, you have the shotgun, which is a great weapon uh, because it because like most shotguns, it deals out damage like over like a spread area. Uh, wonderful weapon to use against groups, you know, groups of enemies
0: hmm Yeah, I thought it was... I, I like the shotgun. I I don't know if you mentioned it, or maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I like the fact that instead... Like, you said the timer, but you also have unlimited ammo for whatever weapon you're using, which I think is really cool. Uh,
1: yeah, okay. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I think about... like something else, yes. Um, You do have that... Uh, um, uh, What is it? The gauge accounts down that shows you how long you get the mm-hmm. weapon for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, um. Yep, so, yeah, the... Like so, yeah. Uh, that's a great touch. Like um, uh, you also have uh, another weapon that you must pick up, like the machine gun, which is like your typical rapid firing uh, momo down gun. Um, uh, just like you know, great for just simply like you know covering the whole side of a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, grenade launcher, slow but powerful. Uh, One of the weapons used against bosses. Yep. And then there's also the joke weapon in the game. Uh, I can only think the designers put this in here as kind of like a way to punish you for <laughs> like trying to grab a any like, weapon like in the game. Uh, because every now and then you also like you also like we see like a P uh, like for one of your powers instead. Don't grab that one because that's a pea shooter. Uh, right. <laughs> this this yes yeah, yes yeah, yeah this is yeah, this is just like a, like a, like a BB gun kind of like weapon which doesn't do any damage. So if you're unfortunate enough to pick one up, just simply just try to shoot, just shoot that off as fast as you can because, uh, you can't hurt anybody like this gun, you can't.
0: right? You gotta you gotta shoot all your, I, I guess it is ammo, but it's like a gauge. But you gotta mm-hmm. shoot your gauge until it's empty,
1: mm.
0: and you gotta just shoot it, shoot as fast as you can. Don't save any of that because it's useless.
1: Mm. And the final weapon you can get is related to another game mechanic of the game that we haven't uh, talked about yet. Um, you also have the ability, which which again is very unique and one of the things I really love like about this game. Uh, you can see a lot of the enemies uh, uh, projectiles coming toward you as you like to play the game. And if you take the time to actually stop and destroy them by aiming, like aiming your gun at them and just like blowing them. You know, Blow them away, it builds up this power gauge like in the bottom of the screen. Uh, because the game's rewarding you for actually like being like a real macho bounty bounty hunter, I guess, and just standing in there and destroying the enemies a uh, destroying these shots as opposed to dodging them. Um but when you actually do enough to get that gauge filled all the way up, you're rewarded with this very special powerful weapon which a powerful weapon which is called the Vulcan. And this thing kicks ass. Uh, this yeah. is a so this is a great weapon. So, extremely powerful, fast firing rate, large area of effect. Um, I found myself actually trying to try to hold off on getting that last little bit of the gauge if I can until I get very close to a boss fight. And yeah, go until out- you need it. Right? right, because this thing is wonderful if like we're using bosses.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh, it kind of reminds me of you know at the end of Super Metroid, whenever you you the Metroid gives you that special power and it turns all a bunch. You turn a bunch of different colors and the gun you're shooting out is just. It's like a rainbow of colors, and it just destroys everything. It kind of reminds me of that. Oh, um, yeah.
1: So uh, yeah, and the game also kind of gives you some, uh, like, some other hints, like messages. Um, flip, I mean, you know, when you're actually standing in there, uh, like, you have, the, like you have the shots, you know, shots coming toward you, uh, play your character, your characters, your character actually pops up on screen and message. Like a message. That's a message. Uh, which is like look out so uh that's a touch I very really like because that kind of gives you the warning that there's a shots coming in toward you and you have that split second decision to decide either you like either shoot down the shoot down the dick out to build up that gauge fly your duck over fly your, just like duck over to the side
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's also there's a lot of there's a lot of things that flash in the game like characters will flash or or things will flash just to let you know that it's it's headed your way, or like, like, for example, when the guys get right up in your face and they're going to stab you or whatever, and you have to smack them with the butt of your gun. Uh, oftentimes, they'll flash or something like mm-hmm. that. There will be some some kind of indication to let you know, hey, you're about to get stabbed.
1: In right. Your face. <laughs> yeah, and that's am surprised the first time I saw that because I wasn't expecting the game to actually have that variety of the gameplay. That to like not only do you have the up, um. Your standard, your standard, your standard shooting shooting gameplay. You also have the ability to to destroy enemy projectiles to get out of the way, and also and also the fact that enemies that enemies can run up to you like like real close and you have to physically attack them. That's also like a great touch. Uh, just really the whole gameplay mechanic and all the things the things that you can do and experience in this game is really great and varied. It's, it's something it's like something it's like something I did you know something I expect that I expect more for like a, a more modern game as opposed to like one that came like twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other one other, one other weapon slash option you have, um, which which take me the longest time to get the hang of. Uh, you also have this lasso that you can use to temporarily stun enemies, like for a while. Uh, and you, and throw it by, like, throw that, like, by repeatedly uh, mashing the, mashing the fire button, uh, them and letting it go. Uh, it's particularly handy to use against bosses, because especially later on in the game, with all the firepower the bosses are throwing at you, you really need to lasso them uh, to be able to buy that a few seconds of time to be able to, like, be able to pour your firepower into them.
0: Yeah, the lasso. The lasso's is an interesting. It's an interesting move because it almost seems useless most of the time. Like you're using it, and it it's it takes a minute to, to charge up, and and you have to have to tap tap that shoot button over and over again to get to get. To, and it's a you know you'd think it should be a different button, but it's not. It's the same button as the shoot button, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. It's, it's, it's tricky to figure out how to use, and because of that, it almost seems useless until you figure out how to use it and you figure out how to master it. And then it actually becomes pretty handy, especially, like you said, on, on enemies that throw a lot at you all at once. It's really helpful to lasso them, buy yourself just a little bit of time, just enough time to um, really hammer them with whatever
1: whatever weapons you have. Right.
0: So I, I, like, I think the lasso is an interesting... An inter- interesting addition to this game.
1: Yes, it is. I, I mean, like you know, it's really surprising the game even had it. Um, just like you know, not only not only does it not only does it help tie in that whole like Wild West setting, uh, but it's really, but it's really, but it's really interesting mechanics to use against bosses uh, because bosses, bosses are, like, like I said, uh, the uh, the enemy which I ended up using this lasso uh, against the most. And being able to stun a boss like that for a few seconds, not many of the games have that kind of feature. So, like, it really could, like, really, like really some forward thinking, I think, like, from the, like the designers of the game, uh, like, to allow you to be able to, do, to yeah. do that. Because later on in the game, with all the firepower the bosses, the bosses are throwing at you, you really have to get that lasso, that lasso trick down pat.
0: Yeah, the lasso trick and the dodge move. The dodge move is really important, too, in this game. Mm hmm. Because that's, that's kind of your last second... It's your last ditch effort. If you're about to get hit, you can use that dodge move and get out of the way. Even when it's almost right on top of you, you can dodge and and it won't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And if you get shot during the dodge, oftentimes it won't hurt you either. I don't know if that's on purpose or if that's just a kind of glitch in the game. But a lot of times, if you're in the process of dodging and bullets are hitting you, then mm-hmm. they don't hurt you.
1: Yeah. Yep, and the last weapon that we have like in the game... Uh, which Michael already touched upon briefly uh you do have some there uh, uh smart bombs uh, they're actually like TNT in the game uh but you have a small amount of like the special bombs that you can use you know during the game uh like' it'll clear out the screen of normal enemies like very damage a boss um this is, sep- the, this, so this is definitely something something that you want to save for a panic panic situation I think uh like either mm-hmm. when the like even the screens either like totally flooded flood of enemies and you have nowhere to go um or just like you know using one or two again against a tough boss right at the start so like got to weaken yeah. it up for you
0: yeah it's 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 not very helpful against bosses or any one single enemy but like you said when the screen is just flooded with enemies and you don't know you don't know who to shoot next and you're just dodging just to stay alive it's really helpful to just mm. kind of clear a few of them out of the dynamite
1: so what do you think about the controls like in this game, Michael? Uh, but I had my doubts trying to, to – when I first played it because I'm like, you know, crosshair games with control pads don't usually work all that well. Um, but I found the controls in this game to actually be like, you know, like very responsive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it works perfectly. Uh, although I will say, and this may be kind of cheating, since I have it on the Wii U – I've actually moved to the analog stick whenever I'm playing on the Wii U because it Mm. does work with the analog stick to move the crosshair around, and I actually kind of like it better. But I never had any complaints whenever I was playing it on the on the Super Nintendo. I always thought it was, I always thought the controls were spot on.
1: Mm. Yeah, I definitely because like you know, like crosshair games can be very tricky. Uh, Tricky to use, uh, like, like, a control pad. Uh, you guys have not covered it yet, just like in your own podcast. But one game I remember as a kid, ha- uh, that game fits with the crosshair stages. Uh, like, Adventures of Bayou Billy? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: that game does not... T- yeah, the crosshairs in that game do not handle, like, very well at all. So, um, I was very pleasantly surprised to see how well the crosshairs, the crosshairs actually work, like, in this game. So... so.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a testament to the developers for getting it right. I get, I think it would be really easy to screw up crosshairs with a with a directional pad mm-hmm. versus like an arcade stick or something. That's also something that I haven't tried on this game or you know, I haven't tried it on a lot of games because I don't have an arcade stick for my Super Nintendo, but I know a lot of times on my NES, I'll whip out the NES uh, what's it called? The Advantage controller, and yes. use it. And that 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 uh, arcade stick actually works really well. So I, I imagine using one for this. If you use, if anybody has the Super Advantage or whatever it's called, I imagine that would probably be pretty fun to play this game with.
1: Mm. Yep, definitely. Um, so the game has three difficulty levels to it. Like it has easy, normal. Oh, like in hard. Um, the, really, the only difference between the difficulty levels is just like you know the number of enemies coming at you and how fast they react and how many shots are coming on the screen. It's a pretty standard, standard difficulty um, uh, level increase. Uh, the stages, the stages and the, and, the, and the basic and the basic enemies and the bosses are always going to be the same. Um, this is a tough game. Uh, I have not still beat this game yet, and thought I'm playing it like all this week like an easy mode. Uh, like I said, it definitely it definitely takes some getting used to, but once you actually put the time into it to get to to try to get the controls down, pat, and figure out and figure out how the enemies move and what weapons to use, and what situations and how to attack bosses. Um, just yeah, this game is very fun, and very challenging. I mean, like you know, I can only imagine how difficult this game gets to the higher difficulty levels. Um, so
0: yeah, I I can't remember if I beat it or not. I feel like I have. I feel like I beat it a long time ago. i going back and trying to play it now. I can't beat it. I can make it to the final stage, but I can't beat it. Um, but yeah, I feel like I did in the past. But I know I've never beat it on hard because mm. hard is. I've played it on hard, and hard is it's really challenging. I like the fact that it's challenging. Though.
1: Mm. Uh, there's a YouTube video that you check out like online. I was I was looking at it looking at it, looking at it, like about two or three years ago. Uh, the guy plays the whole game like beginning to end like in hard mode. Uh, so he doesn't take a single hit.
0: Wow, that's that's something.
1: <laughs> yeah, like really impressive gameplay. So, um, so uh, the last thing, like the last thing we have talked about yet is the uh, sound effects, like the music, and uh, and uh, I really don't remember anything about the music in this game. I guess that's just a sign of just how frantic the gameplay is. The fact that, the, the fact that you're so busy shooting and do- uh, do- dodging and weaving that you really don't even notice the music. Um, but yeah, this...
0: the music is kind of the music is kind of subdued while you're playing you can hear a lot of it in between levels and it's it's your typical wild west noises i mean <laughs> i don't know how else to
1: describe it lots of <laughs>
0: whininess
1: and, yeah and, and whatnot yeah. yeah but the sound effects in the game are quite good i thought yeah i think the
0: sound effects are awesome i get a little bit tired of hearing the gunshot noise though <laughs> it it, it, it kind of wears on me mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah definitely so, um, so yeah, uh, one last thing we can offer you people out there who are playing this game, um, uh, but if you want to, uh, to, play, fl- 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 want to jump ahead of the game to practice your skills or, or, or to, fl- 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 improve a certain stage, uh, there is, there is, there is a stage select co- code available, like, in the game, um, uh, to access it on the character select screen, hold down the select button, and then push A-A, A-A, B-B, B-B, a, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, and then hit start, and you'll be able to pick a stage that you play on.
0: Huh, I did not know that it had a, a stage select. Hmm. That seems kind of odd, because there's already a stage select in the game, isn't there? Or does it just let you skip the first level or something?
1: Uh, well, basically, it allows you to be able to try any stage in the game that you want to. Um, you, Like, you know, this is very really handy, I'd imagine, for trying to practice the final stage of the game, stage 6. You normally because you normally can't get to stage six until after you finish all the other stages in the game first
0: oh yeah okay I see, I see yeah so
1: you can play the last stage mm-hmm, yep yeah. uh but you can also just like you know jump ahead you, you know, jump ahead just get past the first stage to practice your skills on the higher ones uh, on the higher ones like a, on the higher ones like a whatnot so um so uh Michael you and I both mentioned already how difficult this game could be by uh, the, the hang of and how challenging challenging that it is I'm sure most of the people out there listening to this have not, f- 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 not even heard this game much as few months has tried it. Um, do you have any um, uh, gameplay tips or like you know hints that you can give anybody out there who's who, who just picking the game up for f- like the first time Yeah I would say that starting
0: out I would say not to worry about the Vulcan gun right off the bat. I would, say, which is you know shooting projectiles and stuff. I would say I would start off working on your dodge and you know try to dodge the stuff and just kind of get the feel for the game, dodge everything and shoot back. And then once you've kind of got the feel for how the the crosshair moves around the screen and you've gotten pretty good at dodging attacks and seeing kind of the patterns of enemies, then maybe you can start trying to build up that Vulcan gauge and, and use that attack. That would be my suggestion.
1: Yep, and you know I also add on to one of my own. Uh, like I said, you know the controls. The controls do take a bit to get used to, as far as like you know, like moving a guy, or like that kind of stuff. So, um, like, so I wouldn't worry too much about like trying to, trying to, trying to play perfectly. Uh, like, because you are gonna take damage, so like, you are gonna get hit a lot. Um, just go ahead, and just simply just, and just like you know, like make mistakes, get used to. Play, you know, get used to using the lasso. Get used to shooting out the projectiles coming at you. Uh, get used to playing the various weapons. Just like you know, uh, you really need to. So you really need to put a little bit of time into the game. The, the, to play the game to be able to get the hang of both the controls and being able to figure out the very unique and very gameplay elements. Play elements available to you. So um, definitely start off with the, the easiest, the easiest difficulty level and don't get frustrated. Uh, what yeah. Do you, so um, once you get once you get used to the controls, um, the game really is a blast to play. I mean, like you know, I, I was not very surprised just how much fun this game was.
0: Yeah, I told you. I told you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I agree, I agree with you. I think
0: it's I think it's a lot of fun to play. I think you, I think you're kind of I think we're both kind of hitting on the same thing. I think it's best to learn the game in kind of a piecemeal fashion, like mm-hmm. learn each aspect of the game before you try to combine it all together. And starting on the easy mode is probably, probably the
1: best route to go too. Right. So, uh, but, so anyway, as we mentioned earlier, uh, this game is pretty like pretty uncommon. Um, it probably is the most rarest of Super NES games that covered so far like in this podcast. Um, I've not seen a rarity list of the Super NES like there is like there is for the NES or the Atari 2600 and of many other systems out there. Um, I have to imagine though, this game probably ranks right up there as being one of the rarest. Of the, uh, you know, the rarest games uh, because it came out kind of like kind of like mid late cycle in the Super NES's life and not to me is a pretty small publisher so and it's a very like it's a very like unique niche uh, niche game I think all this like all this contributed to a very small production run so um, this game is pretty hard to find you're trying to find it like out there like in the wild uh, that's why I was just saying, uh, whether you play it through virtual console, or console like Michael suggested, or play it through emulation, like I suggested, um, the, probably, probably you're going to have to play or try out the game one of the, one of two ways because um, this game commands some pretty some pretty big bucks, like an eBay. Um, yeah. As Chad and I have decided to talked about in the past, uh, Super NES games right now are like kind of in a bubble. Um, uh, Michael, you guys are the fortunate, fortunate on the NES side, I think, because it seems like NES pricing has gone down, has gone down quite a bit over the last couple of years. So a
0: little bit, but yeah. it's still kind of hanging on to the mm. pricing, quite a bit. So.
1: Right, Super NES games, unfortunately, right now are in that, like uh, very, uh, are in very inflated, inflated bubble. And right. when I went online to check. Um, there are copies of this game that they're selling. I found 104 copies of this game that are sold they've sold recently, like in the last three months. So the game is out there to find, but but people but people are actually getting high prices for this game. I mean, this is a game where compared to many other games, like where people like where people like would just throw out these super inflated pie in the sky, um, no way in heck are getting that money like for the game. Uh, people honestly are getting. High prices like for this game. Uh, this is actually an honest to god quote rare, rare obscure game uh, as far as like online pricing goes. Um, if you want the game just by itself, uh, you're looking probably like a pain about anywhere from ninety five to three to three hundred and fifty dollars for it. So yeah, uh, and I don't know where you saw that ninety five, but I would have probably jumped on that ninety five if I had seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, there were a couple copies that sold that sort of hundred bucks. Uh, there were uh, there were some cheaper copies I noticed that didn't sell because they had reserves of, like reserves on it. So ninety five is the cheapest copy I saw that sold that actually that actually sold was happy like the reserve price. So
0: if, if this tells you anything, I just now pulled it up and the instruction manual just sold for one hundred twenty five dollars. I, yeah, I saw that to, auction today. Yes.
1: <laughs> I, I saw that auction like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you want a C.I.B. copy, uh, good luck with that, because you're looking anywhere from 310 to 500 bucks to lift like a C.I.B. copy of this. So, yeah. mad money.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's really sad to me, because when I first started collecting, I just, I just recently started collecting Super Nintendo games again, maybe about a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been collecting NES for a while, but I decided to start collecting SNES again, too. And this was one of the first games I wanted, right, right off the bat, because I knew this was one of my favorite games growing up. And I was like, surely it, it's it's such a weird game, nobody wants it. <laughs> and I look online, and I'm thinking, oh, guess I'm never getting this game. <laughs> uh, so maybe, maybe one day when prices tank and nobody wants video games anymore, maybe I can mm-hmm. pick it up. But I doubt that's ever going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's bad enough that you didn't, like, you know, get the game uh, back from your video back from a local video store uh, when you were younger. When you had the chance to. But, I know. but, you know, <laughs> you haven't seen how much the game's going for now? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it sucks, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's why I said, you know, Michael and I really both do like this game a lot. We highly encourage you to check it out. And when really you check it out, with like, with like, virtual console, like, through emulation, you know, both of us highly do encourage you to play it. Uh, once you get used to the game and some of the quirks for it, uh, like it's a very fun, very unique, uh, very bright and colorful and challenging game. So... Uh, both of us definitely give it like two thumbs up.
0: Yes, definitely. I give it a two thumbs up for sure. If I had three thumbs, I would give it three thumbs. <laughs>
1: uh, so, um, so anyway, Michael, uh, it's been awesome having you on the podcast uh, to talk about you know type about to, you know talk about, to, to talk about to, like one of your like favorite like favorite obscure games. Um, I know your own podcast like is in a little uh, high. Uh, hiatus right now because your are because you're a coach, justin is uh, dealing with having his second child
0: yep we we got a baby dead on our hands so we gotta take a break <laughs>
1: yeah so by the time this episode comes out uh the uh the two dudes in the like may have like resumed just like its own like its own podcast episodes but um but if you're not listening to that podcast like, you definitely should be um michael and justin do a great job just bantering back and forth um Pretty much, pretty much, similar, pretty much the same fashion, like how, like you know, uh, Chad and I, like we're doing the podcast here, uh, like in the past. So talking about, like, um, like you know, they also, like, this podcast have done a pretty, pretty good job. I thought, uh, uh, I, I thought, of, I, I thought of covering both popular, like, obscure games, uh, like the NES, um, like in the podcast. So, 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 highly encourage, so highly encourage, like, like me out there to check it out. Believe you're not already listening to it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. We, yeah, we try to, we try to do a good mix. And uh, yeah, we're, we're very similar to, to your show, except for we also add weird skits that
1: nobody likes, except for Jess <laughs> and I. But we like them, so we keep doing them. So, why copy certain bits of my podcast? But like you guys, because you know, hey, like you know, the like, invitations this series form from like from a flattery here. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I'm, all, I'm
0: all for it. I think I feel like those Genesis Gyms guys did the same thing too.
1: <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah, so, Michael, um, like, you know, awesome uh, having you on here. I appreciate it very much. And uh, definitely, would, you know, definitely would love to have you back on show t- 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 back in the future, uh, t- you know, to cover, like, to cover, like, one of your other, like, favorite games in the system. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Love to.
1: Okay. So, uh, thank you again very much for listening to this podcast. Uh, the next episode, we're going to be doing another guest host. Uh, I'm going to be having uh, uh, Cameron Bruce Childs on the podcast with me to talk about about both a game of the Super NES that not only both of us love, but is a classic for the system and probably one of the best games out there, Um, the legendary Super Castlevania IV. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. So it's going to be a lot of fun to just like do that one. So, So check out the next podcast that comes out. Uh, I appreciate t- t- appreciate everybody out there listening listening to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher. Uh, we have a Facebook group uh, page that's very active. You can also send an email directly at the Super NES Podcast at Yahoo.com. Uh, thank you again very much like, for all your support and help out there. Um, Michael, thanks again for having you on the podcast. Uh, always, the, always wonderful, always wonderful discovering these discovering these uh, rare and obscure games like the system. So.
0: Yeah, glad to have turned you onto. Hopefully, we can turn some other people onto it as well.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, we seem to have a pretty good track record track record so far in the feedback of turning people onto more obscure games. Uh, so hopefully, the case holds true here also. So cool. And I, and I also want to say that if anybody out there finds this game
0: and is feeling very generous and wants to donate it, uh, <laughs> just go ahead and find me on Facebook or email, and uh, just I'll pay for the shipping. Just send it on over. That's all I gotta say.
1: Well, you'd be opening to trades too, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I can. I can probably find some trades. I don't know if I could trade up to three hundred dollars worth of stuff, but we'll we'll see. We'll
1: see. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely for sure. So, okay, uh, thank you again very much out there for like, your help and support. Um, and thank you, very, for, for, thank you very much for listening to your podcast. Bye, have a good day. Bye. Nintendo controls eighty percent of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep power.